Hello! I'm Haley Schrager. And I'm Kayla Muldoon. And welcome to Inspired... But Tired. The our, podcast. The podcast and our first mini-sode. Yes. This is kind of a bonus mini-sode. Our actual full ep- first full episode will be released on Wednesday, January 16th, so make sure to subscribe so that you can um, listen to that. But we wanted to give a little taste of what you'll be hearing since we reached 100 likes on Facebook. We did. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Make sure to go like us there for uh, more. And follow us on Instagram at, at Inspired But Tired Podcast. The mini-sodes will be a little bit different than yes. our normal episodes because in our normal episodes we'll be talking about unknown people from history who've done wonderful things. But in the mini-sodes we will focus on people you probably have heard of and current. people who are currently like living and doing stuff. And yeah, the things that they're, we're going to be talking about are things that they're actively doing right now. Right. So, without further ado, let's get started. Yeah. Do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Wonderful. Okay. So, in honor of the 2019 premiere of Law & Order SVU, which happened just a few nights ago. Very nice. I decided to talk about Mariska Hargitay. Ooh. Haley, are you a Law & Order SVU fan? I do not watch Law & Order SVU. Our friendship is over. Sorry, no podcast. <laughs> um, I watched it with my grandma. Sometimes. Okay, that, I can forgive you for that, but Thank you. I would just like to point out that I've seen every episode, and I'm a devoted fan. So, I picked Mariska Hargitay because not only does she portray the most beloved female cop, now lieutenant, on TV, yep. but she's also working to fight real crime in her real life, too. She's really? fighting true crime in real life, yes. So, the role of Olivia Benson led her to founding the Joyful Heart Foundation, which is an organization that provides support to women and men who have been sexually abused. So as the character of Olivia Benson started to become more iconic, mm-hmm. and as the show kind of picked up in its followers and viewers, Mariska Hargitay would receive dozens of letters from real-life survivors and victims of sexual assault and abuse, expressing how grateful they were to the show and how her character specifically really helped in their healing process. So she decided that she wanted to do something more than just be on TV helping people. She wanted to help people in real life. And it was actually during a trip to Hawaii when she was swimming with the dolphins that she got the idea, mm-hmm. really, to jumpstart this foundation. And so as lovely as swimming with dolphins is, mm-hmm. and it's my absolute dream, they're my favorite animal. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I'm dying to. Dolphins are known for actually being very sexual creatures and for uh, partaking in like sexual crimes. Oh. In sexual assault, yeah. Oh. So she was swimming with the dolphins and either remembered this fact or, like, witnessed mm-hmm. something happened and, like, saw how defenseless the other dolphins were. And so she really decided that she needed to do something and help the people that this happens to on a way too often basis. Mm-hmm. So the organization was established in 2004. And as of April 2011, that was the most recent kind of fact I could find, mm-hmm. it had ra- raised over $20 million and sent over 5,000 women and children on therapeutic programs across the country. Wow. So one of the programs within the Joyful Heart Foundation that is one of the most well-known and kind of like the most important is called End the Backlog. Mm-hmm. And this helps shed light on the rape kit backlog in the United States, which is a huge issue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's tons of states that just don't have enough people to test all of the kids that are taken, but then there's no justice served and those victims never get the closure that they deserve. Mm -hmm. So their goal is to end this injustice by conducting groundbreaking research to first identify the extent of the nation's backlog, because 
there's still kind of unknown as to how much is yeah. left untested. And then the best practices for eliminating it. Mm-hmm. So if you do want Thonor SVU, you will probably recall an episode called Behave, one of my favorite episodes, um, starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. And, oh, I like her. Yeah, she's great. And you, if, you should watch the episode solely for the acting. It's, it's amazing. But it's an episode where one man has been serial raping 13 women for years. Mm-hmm. And he like keeps their IDs and follows them around the country. It's horrifying. Yes. But in that episode, Olivia Benson travels around the country going to all the different states trying to get DNA from the rape kits. And almost all of them haven't been tested. And she goes to search herself for them. And most of them have been... Um, they can't be used anymore because there's been the you know water old. damage oh. or they've been contaminated somehow. It wouldn't be valid evidence. Or their works the warehouses where they keep all these boxes are so huge that they're not in the right place that they should be, and it would take months to search through them all. Oh my goodness! So that episode specifically sheds a lot of light on the issue, and it's it's not a dramatization. That is like how bad the rape backlog is. I've rape always I've always known that there was an issue with. Mm-hmm. The backlog, but I never realized... The extent of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, again, the end the backlog is kind of the cornerstone of the joy, Joyful Heart policy and advocacy work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to reform rape kit legislation at the local, state, and federal levels. Wonderful. So, ultimately, they're trying to change the attitudes about sexual violence and abuse educate the public, and improve systems to lessen the trauma survivors experience and ensure greater access to justice for survivors. Because it also sends a horrible message to the victims that... Oh, absolutely. You know, they're not worth the time or the money or the effort to... It would be so easy to just test the kids. They've mm-hmm. already done the hard part. They've gotten... They've gone through. Right. They've lived through the trauma. They've survived it. That's the excruciatingly hard part. They've had to get the test done. And then it just sits on a shelf for years and never gets tested. And so... It's backed by staff members who are national experts on the rape kit backlog. So, Mariska Hargitay is the head founder, and she Mm -hmm. kind of runs the whole thing. But they do have national experts on both sexual abuse and trauma, and on the rape kit backlog itself. As well as board members who have successfully eliminated backlogs in their own communities. Wow. And, I keep wanting to call her Olivia Benson. And Mariska (laughs) Hargitay herself has showed up to different states and to different places that have that would test the dna kits and or the rape kits excuse me for dna and herself has like lended her own two hands to help as much as she can to get those things faster and to help with the paperwork and to you know make sure that the ball is really getting rolling on there that's amazing yeah she's amazing i'm in love with her (laughs) there's a reason taylor swift named her cat after olivia benson (laughs) so as they move forward with clearing their backlogs they provide guidance and expertise on the best practices such as how to re-engage survivors whose kits went untested for years or even decades. So kind of helping people mm-hmm. not only get over the fact that they were abused or assaulted, but to then go through the trauma of having to understand that nothing was done about it, basically. Wow. And it's a process called victim notification. So they basically have a list of all of the rape kits that have not been tested, and they make a point to reach out to those people to explain to them why it isn't happening and to make sure that they're healing without the knowledge of knowing right. that whoever did this to them won't necessarily be brought to justice. Wow. So that's my little kind of sh- spiel about Mariska Hargitay. That was amazing. I yeah. loved that. Yeah, she's amazing. And and the backlog 
you can go on their website. There's a ton more information about it. They are, are constantly fundraisers around the country and stuff. We'll post it to our Facebook. We will. Go on and donate. Read more about it. It's a really important cause. And Mariska Hargitay is the best. Woohoo! Wow, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Um, so I will be talking about Amal Clooney. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm just going to get this out of the way super quickly. Front um, and center. Front and center. We all know that she was married to George Clooney in 2014. They welcomed twins in 2017. And that is really the only time I'm going to mention George Clooney the rest of this time because she's done some really great things without him and it's not about him it's not about him we love you george but we're not talking about you not today <laughs> um so she was born in lebanon during a lull in lebanon's civil war so her father named her amal which is arabic for hope that's beautiful um she learned uh, sorry, I skipped ahead and completely missed you're where I was going to be. You're I'm just excited. very excited about Amal Clooney. Okay. As you all should be listening at home. Exactly. Or in a car. Or wherever you are in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, her family fled to Europe during the Lebanese Civil War in 1982, and they settled in England. She learned English while watching the show Facts of Life on TV. What is that? It's one of those, like, 80s sitcoms, I think, like oh. that. Uh, George Clooney, I'm pretty sure was in it. Molly Ringwald, I'm pretty sure was in it. Uh, so, oh, she's so you watch her future husband on TV. Full circle. Full circle. Sorry, this isn't about him. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> That's okay. It's still, yeah. <laughs> uh, her father received her his MBA at the American University of Beirut, which is in Lebanon. Um, he's the, He was the owner of Comet Travel Agency, her mother's from a family of Sunni Muslims in northern Lebanon. Uh, she's the foreign editor of the pan-Arab newspaper Al Hayat and is a founder of the public relations company International Communication Experts, and she is a well-known political journalist. So she comes from, like, her family's doing great things as well. Yeah, they're doing the thing. Um, she was an excellent student in high school. She earned a scholarship to attend Oxford University in 1996. Um, which is where she began to develop her interest in human rights. She graduated with her bachelor's degree in law in 2000, and then she went to NYU the following year in 2001 to get her LLM. I almost said LLC, but that's business. She got to get her LLM. Um, But someone that she went to school with at Oxford, um, in one of the articles I read, I couldn't find his name, but he said about her, quote, students... We're talking about Amal even then, even those from, especially those from Middle Eastern backgrounds. I remember being told around 1997 about her famous journalist mother. It was very clear already, however, that Amal would leave her own mark in the world, which she did long before meeting Clooney. How well spoken of that individual. Well, he is the professor of linguistics at the University of Adelaide (laughs) in Australia. So, I I really nailed that one. I hope so. Well, he's doing well, because I... I even knew what he was talking about. <laughs> so, so she entered uh, NYU to get her law degree. She studied for one semester um, in the office of Sonia Sotomayor, who was then a judge for the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Wow. Um, she completed her studies in 2002, passed the New York bar, and immediately began working for the New York-based Sullivan and Cromwell. Uh, which is not only one of the top-ranking law firms in the country, but in the world. Yeah, it does sound familiar. Um, she worked as a defense lawyer for many newsworthy clients, including Enron and Arthur Anderson, during probes into their criminal activities. And this is just 
Right after she passed the bar? Right after, yeah. Wow. In 2005, she decided to refocus her career on international law. And in 2010, she was admitted to the bar in England and Wales. And she returned to London to um, work as a legal representative for Dowdy Street Chambers, which is a firm with history of civil liberties work. So, like, right up her alley where she was kind of meant to go. She handled several high-profile cases in international courts, including um, the Greek government's battle to reclaim 5th century BC Parthenon sculptures from Britain in 2014 and 2015, and she represented WikiLeaks editor-in-chief Julian Assange. Hmm. Yeah. She's also, uh, her work has also included advocating for Yazidi women, a religious minority in the Middle East which has been subjected to genocide at the hands of ISIS. Ugh. So. I mean, I'm good that she's doing that, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, da, 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 da. Beyond her criminal cases, she's also held several important advisory roles uh, for the United Nations. She has also contributed to the Global Summit to End Sexual Violence and Conflict Initiative, mm-hmm. which works to defend the rights of women in war zones. In early 2015, she announced that she would represent Armenia in the European Court of Human Rights. So in this case, um, they wanted to set out the fact that um, the genocide, the Armenian genocide in 1915 cannot be denied without legal repercussions, kind of like in Poland, because a Turkish, polit- a Turkish, Turkish politician was convicted by Switzerland for denying the genocide ever took place. So like, oh no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Ridiculous. It was around this hearing, and it was January 28th, 2015. Um, this is around the time... Oh, that's that, recent. It, yeah, it was around the time when celebrities started doing the hashtag Ask Her More campaign. Okay. And she got... It, it went viral, her response to this journalist that was asking her what designer gown she was going to be wearing in court. So she answered, I think it's Ed in Ravenscroft. It's either Ed or Ede. E-D-E. Ed and Ravenscroft, the tailors who make her court robes. Way to clap mm-hmm. that. So the Ask Her More hashtag was specifically about reporters only asking women what they would be wearing to certain things? It's how they really only ask superficial details. Like, yeah. oh, who are you wearing? Um, Something like makeup and like looks. Like ask her questions that you ask men. Yeah. Well, um, there it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Um, outside of court, she's lectured on criminal law institutions such as uh, the University of London. Uh, da, 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 Sing until you find your spot. Da, da, Inspector da, da, da. I thought that you were doing <laughs> Ghostbusters. They sound really similar, and sometimes I might be doing Ghostbusters and thinking it's an Inspector Gadget. Yeah, so. I'm gonna go out you with tell that. me. Right in, folks. <laughs> um, she was chosen as Barbara, Wal- Barbara Walters' most fascinating person of 2015. Uh, she, okay, I am going to mention George Clooney very quickly again, but that's because they co-founded the Clooney Foundation for Justice Hmm. in late 2016 to advance justice in courtrooms, communities, and classrooms around the world. Uh, she also partnered with the- Talk about power couple. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love Amal Clooney and her husband. (laughs) We're just saying her husband now. (laughs) Um, We are not talking about it. (laughs) Clooney partnered with the Aurora Humanitarian Initiative 
um, and beginning the Amal Clooney Scholarship, which had, which was created to send one female student from Lebanon each year to enroll in a two-year international baccalaureate program. Say that word again. Baccalaureate? No, you were right. Oh. I just wanted, it's just, it sounded fun to say. <laughs> so for your sake, and I wanted to hear it again. You just said it beautifully. Um, Clooney and her husband sponsor a Yazidi student who Clooney met via her work um, at Yazda. Uh, he's attending the University of Chicago currently. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> Chicago. Um, and in 2018, following the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, the Clooney's pledged $500,000 to the March for Our Lives and said that they would be in attendance. Were they? I didn't. I'm going to assume It so. did not re- say anything They sound like people about it, there but were. it sounds like they probably did. And that's uh, Amal Clooney. Well done. Thank you. That you was really good. Well, um, that... Brings us to the end of our first mini-sode. It does. Join it us. It went by so fast. It did. Um, join us on Wednesday for, for the our first full-length episode to find out about a few really cool people. Yeah, we, we, you're not getting it that easy. you got to tune in on Wednesday to hear who it is. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But follow us on Instagram at Inspired But Tired Podcast and like us on Facebook, Inspired But Tired. There'll probably be a Twitter and other things to come. But you'll only know that if you're following and subscribing to us. So So stay inspired. And wake up. (laughs) Bye. Bye.